Hi, and welcome to the Breastfeeding Medicine Podcast. I'm your co-host, Dr. Ann Eglash. I'm a clinical professor in the Department of Family Medicine at the University of Wisconsin School of Medicine and Public Health and a board-certified lactation consultant. And I'm your co-host, Dr. Karen Bodnar. I am a pediatric hospitalist at Anova Children's Hospital and an assistant professor of pediatrics at Virginia Commonwealth University. I'm also a board-certified lactation consultant. This podcast is produced and edited by The Milk Mob and is co-sponsored by the Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine. Are you ready to go? Hi, everyone. This is Anne on the Breastfeeding Medicine Podcast. I don't have Karen with me today. She was unable to join me, so I thought I would do this solo. I want to talk today about breastfeeding and childhood obesity. I know that we've talked about this several times in the past, but I think it's a very important issue because as the United States is working hard to reduce childhood obesity in this country, I feel that breastfeeding does not get the attention needed, particularly by all the different subspecialists who are involved in the initiatives to reduce childhood obesity, particularly the endocrinologists. So the, this journal, Childhood Obesity, published a special issue in September of 2016 called Childhood Obesity Risk and Prevention, the First Thousand Days of Life. And if you don't feel like doing the math, the first thousand days is from conception to age two. And the reason why this time period starts from conception is that there's some evidence that the in utero, the in utero environment may play a role in childhood obesity. Previous research has shown that maternal pre-pregnancy obesity and excessive weight, uh, gestational weight gain has a strong positive correlation with the risk of obesity in the offspring. So the question is whether restricting gestational weight gain in obese mothers will reduce the risk of obesity in their children from two months of age until five years of age. So this study was done by a research group in Sweden with the first author, Ing Marie Clayson. And the study is called Effects of a Gestational Weight Gain Restriction Program for Obese Pregnant Women, Children's Weight Development During the First Five Years of Life. They followed 155 obese mothers as they provided weekly counseling on diet and exercise during pregnancy and every six months for the next two years postpartum. And then they measured the BMIs in the children at age five and compared them to children of obese mothers who did not have the intervention. So overall, a third of these children were either overweight or obese by age five. And they found that gaining less weight during gestation did not have an effect on childhood obesity unless the mother gained less than seven kilograms, which is about 15 pounds. But the interesting thing is when they controlled for breastfeeding, that relationship went away. And in looking at the data, the intervention group had higher breastfeeding rates. So when they took that into account, there was no difference in obesity in either group, even for the mothers who gained less than the 15 pounds during pregnancy. So I'm thinking in looking at this article that perhaps breastfeeding protects children who are at risk for obesity because of maternal obesity and higher gestational weight gain. So although the authors state that less weight gain during pregnancy does not protect from childhood obesity, I think that these researchers really need to pay attention to what they found in this data and make lemonade from those lemons 
uh, in, with their data and show how breastfeeding really makes a difference. Unfortunately, they didn't talk much about that. Another study uh, in this journal uh, looked at hormonal markers from body fat. And this study was called Leptin and Adiponectin Serum Levels from Infancy to School Age, Factors Influencing Tracking. This is from a European Union population by Derus, Goosefelt, and others, all part of the EU Childhood Obesity Study Group. So first of all, I want to explain that if you're as old as I am, you never heard of leptin or adiponectin in medical school. When I was in medical school, fat was considered like an inert substance and not anything that's metabolically active. And now we know that that body fat plays a very important role in metabolism. So both of these hormones actually come from body fat and their levels uh, correlate with body fat. Um, so leptin is one that um, controls satiety and energy expenditure, and the higher the leptin level, the higher the body fat. Adiponectin keeps the body's tissue sensitive to insulin, so the higher the body fat, the lower the adiponectin. So the authors um, wanted to track the subject's patterns of leptin levels and adiponectin over time, so from um, early infancy to um, up to eight years of age. So they followed 459 children between 2002 and 2004, and these kids were from Belgium, Germany, Italy, Poland, and Spain. And they followed them from neonatal hood up until eight years of age. And they took, they had three groups. Two of the groups were fed formula. One group received a higher protein content formula and one received a lower protein content formula because they wanted to see if the different levels of protein in the formula had anything to do with um, high early leptin levels and whether or not that correlated with obesity later on. The third group um, was the group that was predominantly breastfed for the first three months, and they were considered actually an observational group. So they took blood levels for leptin, adiponectin, um, and then they also measured serum insulin and cholesterol. And so they found that everyone, all the subjects, no matter if they took formula or if they were breastfed, had their highest leptin levels during infancy, which to me makes sense because we want babies nice and, nice and fat with lots of rolls. And if body fat is correlated with leptin levels, it makes sense that their leptin levels would be pretty high at that time. So for all of the children, no matter what formula they took or if they were breastfed, their leptin levels gradually drifted down until they turned five. But there was one group that had uh, their leptin levels start to climb at age five. Um, so from five to eight, the leptin levels actually went up. There was another group where the leptin levels drifted down, but very slightly and almost stayed the same. And then there was one group with the leptin where the leptin level really uh, continued to drop down significantly from five to eight. Um, so they found that the, the breastfed babies actually had higher leptin levels in the first four months as compared to the formula-fed babies, but at six months, they had lower leptin levels than the formula babies, and it was the formula, and it was the breastfed babies who actually were in the leptin group 
where the leptin level drops significantly from age five to eight. Um, so that was exciting showing uh, that this hormone that comes from body fat that's correlated with obesity was markedly lower in those uh, that were that were breastfed. So another sort of biologic plausibility or another marker um, that shows that there's a difference in metabolism in babies. Um, and it's so interesting that the leptin levels were so much higher in infancy when they're breastfed, uh, but then much lower when they're older. And that must be the what we should consider normal physiology. And needless to say, the formula fed babies um, were the ones that had the, um, the increase in leptin levels between five and eight. And there was no significant difference in terms of the amount of protein that was in the formula. A third article I wanna bring up that was in this um, issue was titled The Independent and Cumulative Effect of Early Life Risk Factors on Child Growth, a preliminary report by Salma Massad and others with a group called the Strong Kids to Research Team from the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. So this group looked at early life risk factors and growth patterns from birth to 12 months. They start out by saying that maternal weight gain during the child's first year, the maternal education and breastfeeding duration are all associated with rapid growth in early childhood. And rapid growth is also associated with an increased risk of childhood obesity. So they recruited women in the third trimester and they excluded preterm births and any other condition that would preclude breastfeeding success. And they ended up with 351 mothers. They collected demographics on the mothers and followed each mother's BMI over the first year. And then they followed the heights and weights of the infants during the first year. And everyone received what's called a cumulative risk score for change in the weight through length over time. And so um, the three risk factors um, that seem to correlate the most with these changes were maternal education, exclusive breastfeeding by month three, and early maternal weight loss since pregnancy. And so they found that the higher the score, the greater the weight for length weight change, um, or basically the faster growth. Um, and so among those three factors of maternal education, exclusive breastfeeding by month three and early maternal weight loss, they found that um, non-exclusive breastfeeding was the greatest risk factor for rapid weight gain um, during that first year, which again is another feather in the cap of, for breastfeeding. So again, to me, it's amazing that when I look at initiatives, at least at my institution, at the University of Wisconsin, there is not the emphasis on, uh, on working on breastfeeding rates in our community, nor is there an emphasis on making sure that medical students and residents receive proper education on breastfeeding support and management. We have a lot of work to do. So if you have any questions or comments, um, why don't you shoot me a message on our Facebook page, 
um, the Best Feeding Medicine podcast page. And otherwise, I'll see you back soon and hopefully with my buddy, Karen. Take care. Bye. For questions regarding this podcast, contact us through themilkmob.org. We have other educational projects going on there, such as the Clinical Question of the Week and our Outpatient Breastfeeding Champion programs. If you want to see what we look like, check out our Facebook page, where you can also share comments and questions with your co-listeners. To learn more about the Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine, please visit www.bfmed.org. Thanks for listening. We'll be back with you in a few weeks.